he uses the very interesting analogy of a soldier. You know, does he need a left leg or does he need a right leg? Well, how about he needs two legs, a two-legged soldier, you know? He can't march anywhere unless he has a left leg and a right leg. You need the intellectual learnedness side, but you also need the godly, trusting faith, the, the God dependency. And his point isn't to pit these against each other, books versus prayer or books versus intimacy with God, learning versus devotions, but the books and prayer. Welcome back to Roundtable, a podcast produced by Mid-America Reformed Seminary. This is episode 29, and I'm Jared Luchibor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we're launching a new series on a famous Reformed theologian. Perhaps you've heard of him. His name is Benjamin Breckenridge Warfield, otherwise known as B.B. Warfield, to regular students of theology. Dr. J. Mark Beach and Dr. Cornelis Venema sat down together and had a little chat about Warfield's address or essay titled The Religious Life of Theological Students. It was an address delivered by Warfield at the Autumn Conference at Princeton Theological Seminary on October 4, 1911, and Dr. Beach, in his conversation with Dr. Venema, approaches Warfield's address that begs this question, is seminary or theological studies a spiritual wasteland, or is it more like a spiritual oasis, which requires hard traveling but offers wonderful refreshment? What seems to be a perennial problem, at least for a segment of seminary students, is that uh, the academic study of the Bible and theology is not necessarily a spiritually enriching experience. So Warfield's address gets at this issue under three broad categories with some overlap. Uh, And the first category that the good doctors discuss in this episode is the false dichotomy between theological studies and a life of piety. As Warfield explains, The theological student's vocation or calling and duty is the hard work of theological study, such that books and prayer, learning, and devotion, all these things are to be in tandem. They go together. Uh, They're not in opposition to each other. So let's hear Dr. Beach and Dr. Venema flesh this out just a bit more. Warfield would have been uh, around 60 years old at the time, had been teaching at Princeton uh, in about 25 years, and had been a theological professor for some 33 years. So in uh, wanting to address the religious life of theological students, he certainly was an experienced professor, had seen his fair share of theological students, had of course been one himself. But the concern he comes to address is uh, one spiritual walk as a theological student. We might use the word seminarian or a divinity student. But a theological student being immersed in the things of the Bible, the things of theology, you would think, well, what could be more natural than to have a healthy spiritual life, a strong walk with the Lord? Uh, since you're so privileged to be able to study all these kinds of things. And yet, it's the ongoing testimony that this can, in fact, become a challenge, that the academics of theology sometimes is pitted against the spiritual nature 
of the subject matter and that students sometimes seem to experience a split between their spiritual walk and their academic intellectual growth. So perhaps to begin, and I'll just throw out a question, Dr. Venema uh, is here to comment, and we're, we're going to discuss this essay, this speech together. Uh, first, the, simply the title and terms that uh, Warfield gives to this, The Religious Life of Theological Students. Uh, Dr. Venema, what do you think about that? Oh, I think he's using language <clears throat> that was fairly typical at the time, but I, I don't know that I would prefer the language, the religious life of theological students, maybe something like the spiritual life of theological students, or he's, he's really interested in the question, in what way is the work and labor of a student who aspires to the ministry, particularly in their ac academic studies, seminary after all is a school, how how does that how is that conducted in a way that belongs to the relationship that I have as a student in service to the Lord and in devotion to him, devotion to serving his people? Um, I think the main burden of his essay is in the first part where he goes after what could be called a, a false dichotomy. I know Dr. Peach likes to warn our students against false dichotomies. I do, I do. <laughs> and I think the false dichotomy that he's wanting to get at and where a lot of the trouble comes for students who sometimes experience seminary as spiritually barren or talk about how it wasn't a time in their life when they felt particularly close in their service to the Lord and to others in the relationship and fellowship with him. Uh, a big part of the problem and I think he puts his finger on, on the right place, is that students fail to recognize that what they're doing in seminary is in itself a service, a vocation, a doing even their academic studies, hard theology, wrestling with difficult subjects, learning to read the scriptures and becoming acquainted with the history of the church's engagement with scripture uh, in her confessions and in uh, theological textbooks, that if you're going to serve in a ministry, which he says already on the first page, is a teaching ministry, how would you be apt to teach if you're not familiar with your subject? And what often hinders students is they um, pursue their studies, oddly enough, in a secular spirit, in a godless way. Well, this is something I have to do, don't really enjoy my theological studies, but it doesn't belong to, at this point in my life, what I am doing to God's glory. I'm offering myself in service to him for a vocation that requires my knowledge and understanding of the scriptures and of the gospel message. Uh, what, what am I going to teach? What am I going to preach if I haven't also in seminary served the Lord in my theological labor? What I find interesting with Warfield is he approaches the topic, he admits with some trepidation, you'd think, really? But he does, and perhaps it's because he's well aware that students do uh, lay this burden out there before their professors and with each other time to time that they feel spiritually dried up as they pursue 
their studies. But Warfield's very clear uh, that the ministry is a learned profession. And uh, as Dr. Venema, as you just noted, uh, he alludes to 2 Timothy 2.24 that one needs to be uh, have that gift apt to teach. Uh, but to teach implies knowledge, and then knowledge requires uh, learnedness. You, you need to know what you're talking about. He's not becoming uh, intellectualistic as if knowledge all alone and all by itself is fine. In fact, he makes very clear that uh, above and before that is the need for godliness, and that implies a Christian maturity and a discernment. So I think he has his fingers on the right buttons here, and as uh, as you just noted, Dr. Venema, he's 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 worried about the false dichotomy. And as I, you know, as, as we teach students of theology, we experience seminary and theological studies ourselves. Uh, I won't say it's untrue that you can approach these studies and sometimes feel like uh, all these academics, uh, the rich simplicity of the Bible, I've lost that, and now there's all these issues. But where he really wants to go is is this false dichotomy. Uh, why do we create... Well, he uses the very interesting analogy of a soldier. You know, does he need a left leg or does he need a right leg? Well, how about he needs two legs? A two-legged soldier, you know, he can't march anywhere unless he has a left leg and a right leg. You need the intellectual learnedness side, but you also need the godly, trusting faith, the, the God dependency. And his point isn't to pit these against each other, books versus prayer or books versus intimacy with God, learning versus devotions, but that books and prayer, you know, book, how about you prayerfully read and study your books? How about you devotedly and as almost an act of worship pursue uh, your studies with God. It seems like he's, uh, maybe Dr. Benjamin wants to talk about this, comment on this. It seems like he's after this sort of nature-grace dualism that seems to infect so much of the Christian tradition. Well, that's, that's correct. In fact, he appeals to the, uh, the reformers on both the Lutheran and the reform side who introduced, even mentions that in a variety of languages you have this language, beruf, or we use the word vocation in English, has a Latin root. root. But it's a, it's a profoundly important idea. No matter what your work or your labor, whether you're a farmer or you're working in an office downtown Chicago or you're engaged in some or another calling, that's what it is. And uh, in the same way that the farmer or the person who works in the office or the person who stays at home and provides for their children and nurtures them in the home, they're engaged in a spiritual task, serving and devoting themselves to God and to service to others in God's name. Theological students need to view themselves in the same way, that their pursuit and their diligent study and their uh, paying attention to the things they're reading and reflecting upon and with which they're engaged in seminary, that this is a true vocation, 
This is to be offered. They offer themselves with all appropriate sincerity, not just their hearts, but out of the heart of the issues of life. They're, they should not view their studies as what, what we used to call in seminary hoop jumping. Oh, yes. There are these yeah. hoops that these professors have put in our way to prevent our getting into the ministry as quickly as possible. And so you, you know, sort of check them off as you jump through the hoops. Well, no. If I may even tell a little story, when I first began teaching, and I think it was my second year, we had a very sad thing happen at the seminary. One of the students became seriously ill and within two weeks died. And that was for me a particularly powerful reminder that wherever you find yourself, and seminary students find themselves for three, sometimes more years, doing something. They're not jumping through hoops. They're serving the Lord as best they can, also with their minds, because they hope, based on their education, to be able to use what they've learned and the things they've begun to understand and continue to study throughout their life to be more serviceable, more helpful, more fruitful as the Lord's instruments in their ministry. And uh, it's, it always disappoints me when students testify, and they do, that along the way in the course of their seminary studies, obviously it was that way in Warfield's day as well. I don't think he would have given this address if he uh, had students, all of whom loved their studies and engaged them with enthusiasm and saw them as a fulfillment of a vocation. And that continues to be a perennial challenge. I have a little booklet. I have to confess I never read it, but it has a great title, uh, How to Stay a Christian in Seminary. <laughs> That's another way, I suppose, of getting at the question Warfield was addressing. Well, Warfield, uh, he uses strong language. He calls it a, a most gross error to have this. He, he, I think he uses the wordy, the absurdity of the antithesis between being a theological student, academically astute, hardworking, uh, diligent, and then on, and then oh, but an antithesis to that, I'm religiously devoted. But for now, oh, the academics so take up my time, I can't be religiously devoted. His point is that your vocation, your calling, your work before God is to be a devoted, hardworking academic, theological student, learn your stuff. But his point is also, that is devotion. You need to offer it as devotion. You need to engage in, in it in God dependency, in love for God, in loving, he doesn't quite use this language, but loving God with your mind, discovering the riches of Scripture and theology. He wants that to be an act of worship versus uh, this sort of uh, antipathy between natural world, the workaday world, the secular world of other vocations, and now the sacred world of studying theology. Uh, he makes the point that that medieval legacy of a higher calling and a lower calling, no, there's vocation for all Christians— even sweeping a floor done before the Lord in, in an honorable way, 
is service to God. He admits that sweeping the floor won't teach you about sacred things of the scripture, you know, special revelation and all that. But it is service and it is calling. It is vocation. So I, I think he's on target here. A little later, he's going to start talking about some of the remedies to this. But your duty now, and I think we try to emphasize that with our students too. Uh, I want to get out there in the ministry. I want to do ministry. I want to preach. I want to teach. I want to outreach. I want to disciple people. I want to be part of the, the cause. Well, learn something first. Be equipped. You know, you don't send a soldier into battle who doesn't know how to shoot a rifle, who doesn't know how to handle the weapons, who doesn't know how to, you know, do field care and basic medical treatment for a fellow soldier who's injured. He, he learns, it's called basic training before you send them out there and the bullets are flying. Well, ministry is a spiritual battle and it requires that students get basic training. And by the way, this is my comment, but I always tell students, you know, seminary doesn't teach you everything. Seminary just gives you the tools to learn the rest of your life. Seminary prepares you, not because now I'm a know-it-all. If anything, seminary ought to teach you how much you don't know and how much you still need to get to know and continue to learn. But you've been equipped so that you can get out there in a church with colleagues, because you're still part of a community of faith, and learn and grow together. But you're equipped to help lead. You're equipped to help teach. You're now apt for that. So I think it's really important that we uh, grasp Warfield's point here, that all work is unto God, including academic training, academic studies. I think that's uh, it's really important. It, so what's your duty now? Be a diligent theological students. Not, and I'll wait to be pious later. In fact, uh, he's, uh, we'll, we'll get to that next, but uh, Warfield, I think, helpfully shows us that uh, it's unspiritual and ungodly to be a lazy student since that is your vocation and duty now. Any comments on that, Dr. Bennett? Oh, I would say yes and amen to that. I, I always tell our students, my students in the first, I teach a course, Theological Foundations, which sort of orients them to the whole enterprise of theology and the study of theology during their years in seminary. And I tell them the story of a a student I heard once uh, preaching. He had begun a series of sermons on the book of Ephesians. And somewhere in the middle of what was his third sermon in chapter one, he declared that he was all Ephesianed out. <laughs> and I say to the students, you're going to be all out after about six months in the ministry if you haven't learned in seminary to be a disciplined student of God's word, ever learning, having curiosity. I said, you will be amazed. People will ask you questions. And as Dr. Beach said, don't pretend to be a know-it-all and immediately answer. There may not be a simple answer. You may not have an answer. And you need to acknowledge when you don't have an answer. But they'll be peppering you with questions. And suddenly it will become apparent to you that, oh, I should have spent a little more time in those exegesis courses. I should have paid a little more attention to what historically the church has said in answer to those kind of questions. 
And even though we live in a, a period in history in our society that is a bit anti-intellectual and very vague about what it means about when it uses the language of cultivating a spiritual life, the gospel ministry is a ministry of the word. And if you don't have, another thing I say to the students, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, if deacons need to have a good grasp of the deep things of God's word, what makes you think you can enter a pulpit or stand in a classroom and teach adults in this context we find ourselves in, and you're not intimately acquainted with the things you're wanting to communicate. You don't know how to articulate them with clarity. While I'm on the roll with these illustrations, I also sort of, again, tongue-in-cheek, uh, mention a certain daughter of mine who I will not <laughs> name. I'll let her be nameless. I have three daughters. Who's fairly clever and keen and not easily persuaded unless you've got a good case. And I said, as a pastor, you don't want to be the least knowledgeable and uh, a lot of uncertainty about how to answer questions people are going to be asking you. So, um, yeah, it goes back to the main point that he makes early on. If you're inter entering a vocation, a lifelong vocation that involves a, an element of teaching, then a teacher is only good as his knowledge and grasp of his topic. That's why we professors always say, uh, our strength, or at least I always say to the students, again, tongue-in-cheek, our strength lies in the ignorance of the students, <laughs> which means if you're going to teach them anything, you need to know a little more than they know and share with them what you know and help them grow in their knowing. Well, I would be surprised that any pastor out there would say, you know, the one big problem I have is I know the Bible too well. I know theology too well. I understand philosophical categories and the world and the culture in which we live and engage in ministry. I understand it too well. I, I grasp people. I understand temptation and the nature of the struggle of the Christian life too well. <laughs> really? It's always, I wish I was more equipped. So as Warfield would say, uh, it's unspiritual, it's unreligious to neglect your duty. But he's also going to say it's not everything. You know, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Whether Vince Lombardi ever said that, you know, theological knowledge isn't everything, it's, it, it's the only thing. He doesn't say that. And in fact, next, uh, next let's turn to talk about the dangers of theological studies. Are there dangers in theological studies? According to Warfield, absolutely. Two main ones, to be exact, that Dr. Beach and Dr. Venema will pick up next time here on Roundtable. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.